Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Rage! Sports Rage with Gabe Morency. Rage all you want. Let's roll. This is Portridge. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people of Buffalo, but everybody else in between throwing it down. The Monday Night Meltdown has a begun. We're rolling. We've got the Major League Baseball uh, card to break down in the late night hours. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Toronto Blue Jays in action uh, right now. We're kicking it Sirius XM Channel 159 on the Sports Grid Radio Networks. We've got a full house on the program uh, tonight. ESPN's Bob Ryan joins us. Rick Saratella from AllAccessFootball.com. Uh, Tony Finn steps up and in straight for the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. George Kurtz kicks it with us. Uh, from the island, Long Island, uh, that is. So let's start off on the Major League Baseball Diamond uh, tonight. The Los Angeles Dodgers and the Toronto Blue Jays, some interleague uh, play. There's a lot of blue in the stadium, and there's a couple of Blue Jay fans in the building. There's there's a lot of Canadians that live in Los Angeles and in California to begin with. And then I think there are a couple of people that saw the Blue Jays in Seattle and probably said, hey, why not? Uh, how cool would it be to go to Los Angeles? And um, it's 2-2 uh, right now. We thought this game was a toss-up. We're also on the under of this baseball game. Obviously, we'll keep you up to date with uh, with what's going on. We've got Women's World Cup soccer in the overnight hours. We'll get uh, back after that. As uh, we drilled it last night, although the Germans scored more than uh, we thought they were going to. Pittsburgh's beating San Diego right now, 8-4. We've got a wild one going on in the desert um, in Phoenix, 6-5 for the Arizona Diamondbacks. I like the D-backs, but I didn't like them enough to pull the trigger on this baseball game. 6-5 at the top of the ninth, and quite frankly, Seattle... um, uh, Seattle-Minnesota uh, tonight was a game that we liked a lot with the same game parlay. We cashed that same game parlay that we gave on game-time decisions. We're looking to close out uh, here with the Toronto Blue Jays. All right, so countdown to kickoff is on. We're going to talk football with Rick Saratella. We're fired up. NFL football starts not this Thursday, but next Thursday. We're like nine days away uh, right now. Uh, we'll get you caught up to date with the Week 8 CFL lines. And uh, we've got some soccer talk. Listen, tomorrow the League's Cup is back. And the MLS is offering them up, but this League's Cup is pretty good. They're almost, like, more active with this League's Cup than they actually are with the MLS schedule. Teams are playing again already in the League's uh, Cup. So we'll break it down. We'll take a look at the overnight uh, numbers. But all the talk of the day today has been about uh, Kylian Mbappe. Step aside, Messi. You know, Messi to Miami is cute, and it's a nice story. And the Saudis offered Messi like $1.6 billion for three years. And Messi decided to take the Miami offer instead with, you know, which, you know, future ownership of the team, a share of all sales on MLS on Apple. 
you know, I, I believe Messi's deal, there's been different numbers that have been thrown out there, but it's basically about $60 million a year, which I really don't understand, quite frankly, because isn't there a salary cap? <laughs> right? you know, I guess everybody just sort of looked the other way on this thing, but whatever. It is what it is. But the Saudis are saying, you know what? Forget about Messi. How about Mbappe? $776 million offer, one year. Let's roll. The late night anchor match request. This is Sports Rage. I am Gabriel Morenzi. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the bustler, but everybody else in between. The late night anchor management class has begun. Class is in session. Let's do this thing. We got a full house. And uh, we got a real professor on the program tonight. Bob Ryan, ESPN, Boston Globe. Bob Ryan steps up and in and joins us uh, this evening. Tony Finn kicks it with a straight from the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. Wagertalk.com in the house. Sports Grid Radio and Television Network's very own George Kurtz kicks it with us from. Long Island, New York, and we set into the Jersey Shore. Rick Saratella, NFL Draft Bible, all-access football. As a countdown to kickoff continues, we're nine days away from the start of the National Football League uh, preseason. But all the talk today is about the other football, and I'm not talking about the Women's World Cup. Kylian Mbappe has been offered, and at least close to being offered, the biggest contract in the history of entertainment, sports, or anything else. $776 million, a $776 million deal. It's a pretty good deal, 10-year deal. It's not that bad. Wait, wait, no, it's a five-year deal. What, $776 million for five years? No, no, wait. The deal is for one year. $776 million for one year. By far the biggest contract offer in the history of sports. And it's pretty clear and evident right now that the Saudis are the biggest powerful force in all of sports uh, right now. And I'll tell you what, if I was the NBA, I'd be very concerned as moments after this offer became public, Giannis uh, tweeted, I'll take the money. I look just like him. LeBron James has tweeted, me and uh, Rich Paul, when we receive a $500 million a year offer, essentially, you know, the Forrest Gump running. As uh, we're seeing right now, the Saudis aren't playing around. Now, what's crazy about this is he might not even actually take it. To put it in perspective, LeBron James has made $531 million in his career in the NBA. Mbappe has been offered $776 million for one year. The late night anger management class. This is Sports Rage. Bring it. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24 7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering real time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. You are listening to Sports Rage Late Night with Gabe Marinci. The 
Monday Night Meltdown. This is Sports Rage. I am Gable Maranci. The pimps, the players, the hustlers, the people, the busts, and everybody else in between. We expected an entertaining close game between the Dodgers and the Toronto Blue Jays. Sort of felt like this is kind of a toss-up style of game, and it is right now. Uh, we had a leap of faith in which we took the under. Nine and a half. I thought the total was a little high in this game. It could still potentially open up, but we got a 2-2 game in the seventh inning uh, right now. So Bob Ryan's going to step up and join us. We've got Tony Finn kicking it with us. We've got George Kurtz. We've got Rick Saratella. We've got a little bit of something for everybody. We're just talking about Kylian Mbappe, of course, the uh, French superstar. And I got to tell you what, man. France is quietly taking over the sports world right now. People don't really realize it and see it, but they are in the sense, like, who's the biggest name in basketball right now? Victor Wembanyama. Where's he from? He's from France. Right? He's, he's, he's the biggest name uh, in, in basketball right now. Everybody's talking about Messi. Well, Mbappe's about to get paid more than Messi makes. And the Saudis offered Messi big money and got turned down. So they've decided to take it to the next level here and said, you know what, let's overshadow this messy story by getting Mbappe. And how do we make it so he has a really hard time saying no? How about 776 million tax-free dollars for one year? And not only that, listen, he wants to play for Real, for Real Madrid. They don't have this type of money, right? But he could actually do both. Which is, he now listen, he would be worn out, but he really, like, they, he could actually play for the Saudi team and then just join join Real Madrid after if he wanted to. You know what's pretty crazy? The fact that it's $776 million offer for one year, and he might not even do it. That's the whole thing. Like, most people would be like, yeah, I don't have a choice. Like... You know, he's already rich. He's going to be rich no matter what happens here. Some people think that this is just sort of more leverage for him in Europe. But there's only so, so far teams can go. You know, in Spain, they changed the rules, too. The government got involved. There was a lot of corruption. There was a few big teams that were spending all that money, and they didn't really have it. And there was a lot of sort of shady stuff going on. And it was, you know, it was also um, creating a competitive imbalance so, him wanting to play for, for Real Madrid is just him wanting to play for Real Madrid because other teams could pay him more. I, quite frankly, don't understand why Man City or one of these teams in the EPL just doesn't step up with a crazy amount of money and maybe he would do it. But this is getting ridiculous right now. So, just quickly, as far as France is concerned, so, Kylian Mbappe, yeah, Messi's the king of soccer right now, but... Mbappe is the future of soccer, kind of is, you know, you know what I'm saying? They're kind of rivals. Ronaldo and Messi were always known as rivals, but it's sort of the modern rivalry. And, hey, look, Argentina won, won. France didn't win. Um, but now Lyon Marchand. Lyon Mar Marchand, 21-year-old Frenchman, just broke Michael Phelps' swimming record. And this kid, I tell you this, and we're at the Olympics next year in Paris. Right? This kid is going to smash it. So anybody that's betting on swimming at all, you see the name Leon Marchand, you, you bet on him. And as one of these deals, Michael Phelps was there to award him the gold medal and is basically like 1 million percent like into this. Like he's happy. 
He's like, this kid is the future, and, you know, I'm proud to be standing next to him. <laughs> like, Michael Phelps, like, is very, like, not only gracious about his record, like, he's excited about it. So, you know, the, the biggest, you know, the biggest phenom in basketball in the world right now is from Paris. The biggest soccer phenom in the world right now, basically, is from Paris. And... You know, the new 21-year-old world record-setting future megastar, almost like the Carlos Alcaraz, so to speak, of, of tennis is this Lyon Marchand, 21-year-old Frenchman swimmer. So to put in perspective, $776 million for one year. That's literally over $2 million a day. Think about that. Two, you get paid $2 million a day to play in, what, 28 games? <laughs> like, oh, that's some serious ass, like, you know, like, it's just, it's over, over the top. It's like, you know, it's incomprehensible, actually, like, th these type of salaries are going to be thrown around here right now. So, to put in context, $776 million. LeBron James has made $531 million in the NBA. Now, he's made more from sponsors as well, but LeBron in his career has made $531 million. Al Halal will pay Mbappe $776 million for one year. $776 million for one year is more than what the 17 highest-paid players in the NBA would make combined. That's, like, just mind-blowing. Kylian Mbappe, for one year, would make more money than Steph Curry, Kevin Durant, Joel Embiid, LeBron James, Nikolai Jokic, Bradley Beal, Damian Lillard, Giannis, Kawhi Leonard, Paul George, Jimmy Butler, Clay Thompson, Rudy Gobert, Anthony Davis, Luka Doncic, Zach Levine, Levine and um, Fred Van Fleet. And I don't know what's crazier. That... I, like, I, 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 I can't wrap my head around this. I, can't, I don't know what's crazier, that Mbappe would make more money than the 17 highest-paid players in the NBA combined and or that Fred Van Fleet is one of the 17 highest-paid players in the NBA. And I got thrown off by Zach Levine being there as well, to be honest. <laughs> like, really? Really? Okay. So to put it in context, though, Luka Doncic's a free agent in two years. The most he could make in the NBA is their stupid little max contract that they have. So he'll make about 50, I don't know, 50, 55 million dollars a year by then. So what, what if Saudi Arabia says, you know what, let's get our basketball league going, and Luka Doncic is a great young player, he's international, and he's a free agent, why don't we offer him... $700 million a year to come play here in our Saudi Basketball League. I would be very concerned right now if I was... I'd be very concerned right now if I was an NBA owner and if I was Adam Silver right now. These guys should be less concerned with their little play-in tournaments and their little gimmicks than they are in the real world. LeBron James tweeted, me headed to Saudi when they call Rich Paul and Mav Carter for that one-year deal. 
and he's got Forrest Gump Matthias running. Like, you telling me right now you don't think that James Harden, if the NBA like said, uh, you know what I mean, like yeah, yeah, well, you get a max contract of two hundred thirty million dollars, and Saudi Arabia said we'll give you two hundred fifty million dollars for for four months, right? Like, dude, they pay Phil Mickelson a hundred million dollars uh, to to play golf, and he's old, he's irrelevant. What would they pay LeBron? They're paying Mbappe. Like, they could go after the NBA and crush the NBA. Like, they're not crush the NBA. Like, they just poach, like, big dudes and whoever the hell they wanted. Like, the NBA cannot compete with their money. Nobody can compete with this money. What No team in EPL could say, oh, yeah, we'll pay, we'll match that with Mbappe. Like we said, you think about it with Otani, and I've thrown this number out there. I've said $750 million for Otani. And I know we, we read all the Major League Baseball, they want to lowball them. Right? Oh, $50 million a year and stuff. That's it. I would give Otani $750 million. I, I was saying for, yeah, for 10 years. Otani's arguably the greatest baseball player to ever played. He's going to sign a 10-year deal for about, you know, $650, $700 million. Mbappe's going to kick a ball around, score 12 or 13 goals, and make over $2 million a day. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. This is Sports Ranch. I am Gabriel Moran, Caesar, 6 channel 159, Chat Talk, our radio affiliates, including the Muddier 1090 ESPN Radio, SoCal in the house. ESPN's Bob Ryan will join us a little bit uh, later on. we got a full house. We'll bring Tony Finn in in a second. Just for the record, the Saudi Professional League plays 34 games in a season. So 34 games, $776 million. Uh, front office sports has uh, broken it down, as I just stated. It's $2 million a day for a year. $2 million a day. That's, uh, you know, whether you play or not. $776 million for the season. He would uh, he would get um, $64.6 million a month. $14.7 million a week. $2.1 million a day. It works out to 88000 500 an hour. How much do you make an hour? $88,000 an hour. <laughs> Cash in. Um, that's what they're going to charge F1. <laughs> that's what that's what that's what the Vegas hookers are thinking for the Formula 1 race. What are we what's our rate going to be? 88,500. Um, or better yet, $1,475 a minute. 20 $24 per second. $24 per second. Man, imagine a second goes by 24. Another said 24. $88,000 an hour. Kylian Mbappe. And as we stated, listen, and not to mention, 
there's a transfer fee for this, and Paris Saint-Germain are, like, all in on this, right? They're like, um, you know, they're basically like a pimp, to put it in the best of terms, because they're going to lose him, but they can, you know, you know how many players they can buy with this type of money? So get this. So the Saudi club would pay $776 million to Mbappe for his player salary for a year, yet they would also have to pay PSG $332 million U.S. dollars for the right to give him 776. They own his rights. So the way it works in soccer, you don't really trade players. You sell the transfer fee. So Paris Saint-Germain is in line to make $332 million. So, yeah, we lost Mbappe, but we just got $332 million out of him, right? So they, they are totally down with this. And it's pretty crazy because I guess Madrid, their their transfer fee is like $179 million. That's what they offered, like $179 million. And I don't know how they're going to pull this off, but from what I was reading, Paris Saint-Germain think they can get money from both teams. Like, they want to make it part of the package, basically. And they're thinking, we can walk out of this with, like, $500 million. And Mbappe walks out of it with $776 million. And Saudi Arabia, you guys get your the biggest name in soccer, besides Messi. But you get the younger guy who's whatever, right? More relevant, in a sense. Um, it's a pretty crazy deal. And as I stated, just for the record... They, we already know about the golf stuff. They don't care about the golf stuff, right? The golf stuff was just whatever. Um, now they're, they're now they're about to get into tennis. The the WTA is doing a better job than golf did about like not getting backlash for it. But the Saudi fund is about to take over the ATP tour. The 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 women's tour is a little bit more apprehensive about it because of women's rights and the women have more sort of um, morals. Right there's a lot of women that on the saw that are on the WTA that have said I'm not down with this. I don't want to play for them. Like I don't I'm not, you know what I mean? They don't I'm not down. The men don't seem to care. But Billie Jean King, who of all people, shocked everybody by said that we should do the deal with them. And she said, "You know what? I've learned that, you know, it's better not to shun these things and maybe, you know, she's basically saying she said, you know, girls will start playing sports there. It's going to change their views, and it'll change their views on other issues as well. Right? So she's actually looking at the big picture, which I give her credit for. And you got to understand, in Europe and stuff, they don't hate Saudi Arabia the same. It's not, there's not the same backlash at all. Like, they vacation there and stuff. So it's, there's no more, like, Mbappe will get zero backlash from any sort of, like, ethical standpoint from doing this. It's pretty insane. And as I stated, Giannis tweeted out right away, hey, I look just like Mbappe. Can I come? LeBron freaking James just tweeted them, and a picture of Forrest Gump running there saying me when I get a call from them. I tell you what, the Saudis decide to start a, ba a real—they already have a basketball league, but they decide to say, you know what, we're going to sign LeBron and Luka Doncic, and we're going to sign you know all the mega stars. We'll just give them a billion dollars. The NBA will fall apart. These guys will leave the NBA in a heartbeat. Tony Finn steps up and then straight for the strip in Las Vegas, Nevada. I got some F1 news as far as Vegas is concerned. Tony, it's always a pleasure, my man. Thank you for joining us. Max Muncy has just gone deep to tie this game yeah. at three. Mr. Tony Finn, how you doing, sir? 
I'm doing I'm doing great. I, I could be doing much better, and that would be if Mr. Grove would have walked someone tonight. I can't believe that with Siegel behind the plate, he didn't walk anybody because that three, that tie, that tie, three to three, would have uh, hit would have uh, paid me on my four pick same game parlay plus five fifty. But you know what? Let's. Uh, it's fun. Like you mentioned yesterday, you said this is going to be a fun series. I agree with you. And uh, Grove was over the top good, much better than he had been over the last month. So uh, that's that's good news for Dodger fans. Well, I will say, you know, I think it, it, I agree in a sense, but he's been good, not over, like I said, not better. He's been getting better. He's been getting better. He's added a couple of pitches. He's starting to figure it out against left-handers a little bit more right now. Like I said, he had a couple of weaknesses, and they told him, just trust your pitches. And and he is, and he has pitched much better. If you'll notice, he sort of got, listen, at first he was getting hit, and he was just, said, all right, he's the kid up from Oklahoma City, and he's just here because he's the most guy that was the most ready. He's not like their best prospect or anything like that. Um... But then, Tony, you notice, then it started, all right, good start, bad start, good start, bad start. Now he's starting to string together consecutive starts. And against good lineups, Tony, that was a nice performance against Baltimore in his last start, and this is nice again against a good Blue Jay hitting team. Yeah, he's, listen, you know, he's been injured a couple times, too. I think it was groin, wasn't it, right, groin strain. Uh, he exited the start in the fourth inning. So it's really tough. It's difficult for a young pitcher to to find his groove or rhythm or his mojo, whatever you want to call it, when you're in and out of the lineup or in and out off the IL or you're only throwing 70 pitches and you're you know you're already stretched out and could be pitching 90 95, which is what they really need. What they really need somebody to eat innings. So um, listen, I'm 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 my glass half full. I'd like to see. I mentioned it to you. I said this Dodger team is starting to resemble Atlanta. They're knocking the snot out of the ball and not pitching very well. And um, here comes Grove, and he does this and shows me tonight. So you're upset, Tony. You're always confusing and um, and multi-layered. <laughs> <laughs> but you're basically upset because you bet his prop that he would go over uh, walks. It's funny because I actually talked about the prop walk um, before the game started. And everybody was sort of expecting Grove to get hit tonight and the Blue Jays were going to get to him and all this. And I wasn't, I said not so fast. I was part of the minority. And listen, I haven't won yet because of the dreaded ghost, man. I fear ghosts, but not like the, the afterlife ghost. I fear the, the ghost runners when I have the under. I bet the under nine and a half in this game because I thought Barrios was going to, to deliver and he did. And I actually thought Grove would pitch well tonight. But I got to tell you, if I was betting money on this, I would have thought that Grove would have walked a couple of Blue Jays. That's for sure. Yes. And this is a Blue Jays team that doesn't strike out a whole lot. So, or at least they're not as good as they were last year. But that said, I agree. I um, you know, Pryor's not wasn't that. I listened to his some of his interviews or some of his sessions with the media, and um, you know, and these were when he was. This is the end of May, end of April. Then again, at the end of May, when when his first four, you know, his first four starts of the year were his 0 and 1, 8 4 4 ERA, et cetera, et cetera. He has gotten better. That definitely, without question, has gotten better. Has uh, 
has a decent baseball IQ, and, and I and I like the kid personally. I listened to him probably ten times talking to media, at articulate, savvy, and knows baseball. It's a matter of whether he has a skill set. And if you're pitching for the Dodgers, and you're in the you're in the starting rotation of the first five, the starting five, then you got some talent. Something's going for you, you know. And you know what? He's gotten a little bit of run support as of late, which he wasn't getting something he wasn't getting. I was actually at one of his starts. It was the game that Aaron Judge ran through the fence. He hasn't played since. Yeah. <laughs> I was at that game. Um, just for the record, to get people caught up to date, 10-6 for the St. Louis Cardinals right now. And it's amazing because the D-backs were up 6-5. And we said, well, this game isn't done yet. And St. Louis... Um, St. Louis uh, put put uh, what five runs up on the board? Was it was it a five spot? I had to put a five spot up on the board here. And the top man, Arizona man, this, this team is just they're, they're, they're falling apart. Is is you know that's 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 kind of cliche to say. I was going to just say this team, they're just getting steamed uh, here. And speaking of which, I wanted to get to it on the other side. You Darvish, you've been waiting for San Diego to to, to turn the corner. It was batting practice uh, tonight. Yeah. San Diego were big favorites. Pittsburgh went deep time and time and time again. This is sports rage. SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. Welcome to the 117th dust-up between the snort and swine of Springfield A&M and the Springfield University Nittany Tide. Oh, doctor, break up the hickory switch. All right, we're tied at three still. Dodgers had a chance to break this thing open. Bases were loaded, but it was the bottom of the order. <laughs> it was the bottom of the order. And Rojas came in as a pinch hitter. And uh, you know what? The ball, I don't know, the ball seems to be traveling tonight in the park, which it normally doesn't, but it didn't seem to be hit all that hard uh, by Rojas, and it actually got quite deep out there. Um, if there was one out, there would have been, you know, been enough for a sacrifice fly, but there was not. There was two outs. The Blue Jays have had problems late in these games. Tony Finn with us. Uh, Tony, Blue Jay fans, listen, the Toronto Torontonians as a as a whole complain a lot, bro. Canadians as a whole, all they do is complain, right? They just bitch and whine and complain all the time. And dude, they wanted to run Charlie Montoya out of town all the time before. All right. Yes. You know, Tony, the Blue Jays have the exact they had the exact same record at the All Star break as they did last year. <laughs> and, do you know, like, I did, they showed it tonight. They did, and I talked about it before, but they had, this, they had the same record for, like, the last four years, this team. They're the same damn team, and people always blame the manager all the time. So before it was Montoya's fault, 
But now they, they want to fire John Schneider. It's like you just fired the manager last year, right? So now they want to fire Schneider. Where I'm going with this is they call him out for his bullpen decisions. And quite frankly, I don't know if it's his fault, but the Blue Jays do seem to lose a lot of these close games late, Tony. Well, I think, you know, he's accountable to some degree, but players have to play. Players have to pitch. They have exactly. To hit. All those things. Yeah, all those things happen. And I, I would agree with this. There was some – he made some questionable moves. It's still – he still didn't make some of the some moves that I, that I saw the Cardinals make. I mean, I saw managers make some really – some outside the lines or outside the box moves that – He's not uh, outside I, the box, Tony. He's one of those sort of players guys. So he'll yeah, leave starters yeah. in too long. And people, that's the criticism, that he'll leave a yeah. starter in too long and trust him and or yeah. then he starts to micromanage and does not leave the reliever in long enough, right? He'll, like, stick to the plan even though, you know what I mean, Tony? Like It's like, you know, this guy just got went one, two, three here, right? Like, wow, we only had a plan for one inning. It's like, no, like just keep it going. But you and I talk about it all the time. I really doubt that John Schneider makes all these final decisions as far as who's pitching late in games, Tony. No, I he probably does. I don't know that any, unless you're Whitey Herzog or uh, Billy Martin or somebody that's established and stubborn and has basically said, you know, you can call me on the phone, but and I may nod my head. I may even say yes, but I'm really not listening. So, um, I mean, those, those kind of guys were never afraid. To, they were never afraid of, to, of getting fired or being. You know, yeah, that doesn't out exist anymore. It just not, not anymore. And no, John Schneider. I can't think of one man. John Schneider doesn't have any sort of like right. leverage, power, reputation. No. You know what I'm saying? No. no. Quite I, frankly, I he's lucky to have the job. <laughs> so, right, like, you know. How about this? I have a question for you. I'm watching the game right now, and um, Hicks is, I mean, Hicks is, Kirk's up, right? Nobody yeah. out, runner on first. Uh, uh, here's, a, here's a nice, my, you know, listen, minus one and a half is plus 230 right now in game live. Um, I know this much, that if they don't score here, the lineup that's coming up for the Dodgers is a, is a, a part it's of the lineup of the where they could do yeah, that bloop and a bomb. So you can get you can get the Dodgers probably at minus one and a half at plus three hundred uh, before the inning starts. But right now, I just pushed in plus two thirty minus one and a half. So um, this is all about money, and I don't care who wins. And Interesting. Maybe, Dave, yeah, yeah. So you're there. hoping you're basically hoping the Dodgers get someone on and just rip one over the wall. <laughs> like that's like well, that's what they're going to have to do. Yeah, being the home team. And listen, it would, you know what it would win. be? Yeah, it would be Betts and Freeman. Betts gets on, That's Freeman hits a smokes a home run. Yeah, or Muncy or Smith. They're all capable of going long. 3-3 three, three right now, top of the ninth inning. Runner on first base uh, for, for, for the, uh, the Toronto Blue Jays, Alejandro Kirk, who looks like a bowling ball. Yes, but he, uh, he can actually <laughs> run. He can actually run, bro. He's a good hitter, too. You know what's funny, Tony? Yes, he is. They didn't think he was or know he was. Like, the, you know what I mean? Like, he wasn't even supposed to be on the team. It was one of those, who the hell is this short dude? And a couple of right. scouts vouched for him. And they are like, you know what? He's a pretty good hitter. <laughs> and he just sort of made a name for himself and stuck this guy. But, yeah, he's an old-school-looking yeah. baseball player. Uh, Alejandro yeah, he, he, Kirk. He, he, 
he would appear, he would look, he's a look, uh, let's put it this way, base clogger. He clogs the base, but that's not accurate. He, you're right. He runs a little better, you know, and, and there's been base, I hate it. I used to hate it when late in his career when pool holes, she's gone. I said, well, if he, unless he goes deep and hits a home run, he doesn't really do much other than clog the base pass. Uh, somebody else is going to have to, you know, have an extra base hit to, to score him from second base. He'll own a base hit. So, uh, but Kirk is not that guy. He he can run, but he's also a little bit younger than uh, uh, I know this much. If you're if you're looking like him and you're putting that kind of, you're we- you know you're wearing that 260 pounds on a 5'8 frame when you're 30, uh, you know when you're 30 instead of 24, there's a difference. So let's see, he's 24. He's a kid. Baltimore Orioles were victorious uh, tonight. I have them. Yeah, yeah this team them. just keeps finding ways. Thirty-two and eighteen on the road, nineteen and yeah. nine in one-run games. High best percentage in baseball. They're winning close games. They win on the road. Uh, this team. I got to tell you, I wasn't. I didn't know if they can keep it up. I actually thought, you know, I mean, I was like, they started off hot. Remember, you know, they surprised everyone last year, but they started off hot this year, Tony, and they were playing really mm-hmm. good baseball. But then I guess it was the um, it was the month of June. They were kind of 500. You know, I mean, at one point they were like you know 15 and 17 over a 32 game span. And I remember saying, I always admit when I'm wrong. I remember saying, you know, the Orioles have kind of like leveled off here. And I said I think they might just be a 500 team from here on out, which isn't bad because they were already above foot. But I was wrong. They just keep finding ways to, you know, they smoke the baseball. Like, let's just call it out for what it is. They have so many good young power hitters on that team. Pretty good defensively as well, uh, Tony. And, you know, it's not like they have household names on their pitching staff or anything, but they're finding ways to beat good teams. Yeah, they're not. Listen, they do not, they do not have. Let's see what happens here in this week. Dean Kramer. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Listen, I would. There's a reason I played Kramer. The reason I played Baltimore at this point in time, there isn't any team. Well, especially Philadelphia. They're so bad defensively. You know, uh, they're just really bad defensively, and they have to score a lot of runs. And uh, long story short, on this one is who's who's who wants to stand in front of Baltimore right now? And if you're gonna if you're going to be involved with Baltimore, you better be backing them right now because they're playing that kind of ball where every bounce is a good bounce, and and you know the manager's making good decisions. They're pulling, you know, putting the right pitcher in, the right pinch hitter in, the right base, uh, the right base runner in. Everything they're doing is right. Now it's not going to remain that way. It's unsustainable. But but for now, until you beat me, I'm on Baltimore, not against them. As it is right now, FanDuel has a uh, a lineup: Baltimore plus one sixteen. So they're underdogs. Philadelphia with Taiwan Walker on the hill, minus 136. The total is nine and a half, Tony. Yeah. Um, again, <laughs> again, I'll take yeah, the – You don't want to get in front of them. <laughs> no, I do not. I do not want to. And, and the, you know, Kyle Gibson isn't anything special. But neither is Walker. Walker hasn't been – listen, Walker, I think he's pitched far above his pay grade and his peripherals. Uh, he's been very fortunate with BABAP. Uh, his strand rate, they're all far above his career numbers. So uh, eventually some negative regression is going to hit him. Could it be tomorrow? Could be. Uh, this is a game that depending on, let's put this way, depending on the weather, I think it's still going to be hot and humid, that, that I would be over the total. I would be over that nine and a half. I'm not, I'm not one of those guys that's afraid to uh, go, you know, go on top of that, that hook on that key number. Not at all. I, I took the under tonight. It was more of a gut feel. Not to mention Sanchez mm-hmm. has been pretty good. 
Yes. So I took yeah. the under, but tomorrow I get what you're saying here. Uh, three three right now. Varsho's on second base. Phillips just got um, Bo Bichette to fly out to right field. So there's two out right now in the top of the ninth inning with the Blue Jays and the Los Angeles Dodgers. Kiermaier, two for three on the night, is now in the box. Uh, we'll keep yeah. you up to date. So what about the Tampa Bay Rays? Talking about Baltimore. It's unbelievable. Baltimore actually have a two-and-a-half game lead uh, now. Mm-hmm. And this is why Toronto picked a bad time and they screwed up Toronto like you guys they go they go on these little runs Toronto and then they lose they had all their fans behind them in Seattle they were only able to win one game they could have you know gained ground and put them thrown themselves into this conversation but they you know as if we speak right now they're seven games back but what about Tampa Tony minus 210 overnight for a baseball team that's three and seven in their last 10 and four and 14 in their last 18 baseball games yeah they they have not and it's been, it, it's I, well, I don't want to say it was what they did, you know, for the first few months was unsustainable, but it really was. What they were doing with men on base, with their their numbers, situational numbers were over the top. We talked about a little bit about them in Texas, both, you know, their, their average with runners in scoring position, um, moving runners, quality outs, one of those productive outs situations, everything they were doing was right. And at the beginning of the season, when they were, when they would, I don't know how many they won in April, was it 24, 25 games, wherever it was, it was great. And I, they beat me on a prop. I didn't think anyone was going to win 21 games in April this year with the new rules, et cetera, et cetera. I just thought it was a, I thought it was a good play. I was wrong. But Tampa can't, this isn't a team that, if you do watch Tampa, I mean, I know you watch a lot of baseball, but one of the things that, that uh, I'm surprised, not surprised, but I find it really, I find it uh, I find it as being a negative, and that is these guys are when they get up to the plate, man, they're swinging from their heels, and I mean they're they're when they take a swing, they're they, they're knocking themselves off their feet. Um, that's what's funny that's you say that, Tampa. Tony, because yeah. everybody thinks of Tampa and says Tampa are the analytics and the smart team. They're really right. not offensively, Tony. They feast on the home run, this team. They really, like you said, yes. they don't play around, man. They just they just try to crush the ball. And it's hard to they sustain do. that for 162 games. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. You're absolutely correct. I mean, uh, a Ros- a Rosary, he, yesterday I watched him. and I mean, he was in a situation where he had, I think, a runner on second base or first base. We needed to get him moved. He needed to move the runner. His first swing was violent. I mean, it wasn't just hard. It was so violent that after he was done swinging, I mean, he took a, he took a, he fell over the plate almost in <laughs> yeah. a somersault. It was like, what the crap is going on here? You know, you'll see him sometimes um, his helmet comes flying off. That's what I yeah. like to when a helmet comes off. But <laughs> you know what it is, Tony? We've talked about it as far as um, runs per home run. And remember we were talking about, like, the Dodgers, basically, it's like 51%. Like, the Braves, the Dodgers, the Rays, and the Yankees live and die by the home run the most. And it's surprising, actually, that, you know, I guess it's not, because the Dodgers, the Dodgers have the Rays GM. Like, they really, the Dodgers are the same damn thing. They swing for the fences. That's how they won the, you know, the World Series. These analytics guys love offense. Yeah. <laughs> 
SportsGrid.com. Betting insights and entertainment at your fingertips 24-7 as our team covers the most important topics in sports wagering. Real-time odds, predictive betting models, expert picks, and more. Want the edge? Then get on the grid. SportsGrid.com. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. A crusty to clown. Ugh. I have a Freddie Freeman prop over one and a half total bases. He, he had a hit. He had a single. So just even a single, I would have won a bet. He actually just hit the ball really hard. But good job by the Jays and their analytics and their defensive placement. It was actually right at the second baseman. And um, that's that. And we were talking about seeing Ghost earlier before. Not a fan of this. I've got under nine and a half, and it's 3-3 right now. There's two out. Will Smith is up. But it looks like we could be going to extra innings. And I tell you what, the ghost runner is not the friend of an underbetter. Uh, man, like, who knows what is going to happen, right? It could. This thing could turn into 12-10. It might just end with a solo home run. Like, who knows? There's a lot of ways this baseball game could end still uh, right now. Tony Finn kicking with us just for about another 10 minutes or so. We'll get Tony's uh, best bets, but Tony, it's um, countdown to college football is on. 32 days away from kickoff right now. NFL preseason starts in nine days. I put in my first college football win future bet of the year, and I took the Syracuse Orangemen under six and a half. Have you pulled the trigger on any football futures yet? I have uh, pulled the trigger on several, and... um... Wow, uh, I, where do I start? Um, I will start with this. I'll start with the week zero play. First off, I like Navy. Uh, one of the futures I've played was Navy under six. That's their win. They're they're a, a flat six. At least that's what I got. And new quarterback, new coach, new offensive scheme. They're going to be throwing the ball more. Uh, lost their top. Not that they, they have. They're using running back by committee essentially. Really at, at Navy. Uh, and uh, I I'm telling you that. Uh, Notre Dame isn't any powerhouse, and they're going to have they're having a late three touchdowns. A twenty nineteen and a half or twenties was a number I like Notre Dame in the in the, for, in the opening game, but week zero, and I like under six wins for Navy. Under six for Navy says Tony Finn. Yes. The late night anger management class. All right, Tony, we'll get Tony Finn's best uh, baseball bets on the other side. I'm seeing a six and a half uh, for Navy. Uh, right now, plus 110, under minus 140, though. Under six and a half, minus 140. Bring it. Right. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, <laughs> that's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil. 